And it's just one of those amazing phrases, as you say, that takes you from a place from thinking, this team member is not going to work out, you know, we're going to have to fire them to, I absolutely love them. I knew I've hired them for the right reason. They're amazing. And you're singing their praises. Welcome to Scaling Simplified, a weekly conversation diving into our knowledge of teams, finance, strategies, and startups to help you scale a business you're not a slave to. I'm Pip. And I'm Georgia. And between us, we have over 20 years of experience in big corporates and small startups to share with you. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. In today's episode, we are talking all about how to have difficult conversations with your team. So if you've ever been in that situation before where you feel like somebody's messed up or they've underperformed and you need to have the conversation, but honestly, you're kind of bricking it and you don't really want to have the conversation or you've been avoiding the conversation, this is the episode for you. We're going to talk all about why you need to have the conversation and then how to actually have that conversation in a really helpful, informative way so you can move forwards and your team can perform better. Georgia, I know this is your area of expertise here, so I feel like we're going to get lots of golden nuggets from you today. But why is it so important that we don't let these issues boil away under the skin and we don't address them? Great question, Pip, because if we don't have these conversations, nothing will change. Our team member, our colleague is not going to magically read our mind and suddenly work out what they've done wrong, how to fix it and where to move on from. So you've really got to have these conversations. And the basis of any good partnership, as we know, is communication, whether that is personal relationships, family relationships or relationships at work. How you communicate with each other is what's going to make or break the working relationship. So really what we're trying to do is create the right kind of culture in the team and approach this in the right way. So instead of thinking, you know, this is awful, I've got to have this this conversation with this person and tell them that they've done X, Y, and Z wrong. What if we flipped it and thought about it slightly differently and thought, do you know what? What we're trying to build within this team is a culture of openness, of good con- communication, of collaboration, of supporting each other, and of kindness. And having those difficult conversations, whilst it might not be nice, is actually about being kind because you are letting that person know, firstly, before they really irritate you, but you are letting that person know, you know, where they're falling down, where they're, where they're failing in their role, where things are not going the way you'd hoped. So it's actually kind to flag up some of the areas that things are going wrong and then work together to see how you can make those changes. And the sooner you have these conversations, the easier it will be. So the longer you leave it, the more you've got a list of a million things that you're flagging up. But actually, if you can get in there early, often the problem is something that is so easily fixable. It's somebody not understanding how to manage their time properly. Somebody not understanding the way you're communicating what you need done. And actually you just need to simplify it slightly or somebody just being too scared. So it's really, really important to get those conversations going and to feel comfortable having those conversations with your team right from the word go. Wouldn't you agree, Pip? Oh, I love what you were saying about kindness. I definitely look back to my first hires and I was so 
obsessed with being a, a good leader and being nice that I think I forgot to be kind in this. So I would pick up little things that weren't done or little issues. I just let them roll under the mat and they'd irritate me. But, you, you know, I wanted everybody to succeed. So I just let it go. And I then ended up picking up more work and more work and more work. And obviously over time that builds up and you get a bit frustrated and I wasn't being kind to my team. Yes, I was being nice and helping them out and covering things up, but actually I wasn't being kind. And I remember having the conversation and sitting down and my team member said to me, look, Pip, why didn't you tell me this? Why have you let this go on for so long? And it was such a good conversation because what I hadn't realized at that point was, as you say, was being kind. She then felt awful because she felt like she hadn't have been doing her job. I felt awful because I had all this extra work. And actually all it took was the conversation and for me to communicate better. And things were so much better moving forward. And it is it is that thing, isn't it? Sometimes you need to have the conversation to be kind, to allow people to succeed because your team wants to succeed. They don't want to feel like they're messing up. And it's your job as the leader to make sure that you help them get there. Yeah, absolutely. So true. And the thing is, we are all so different in terms of the way we work, our personalities, the way we communicate um, and the way we react when we are stressed or when we feel under pressure. And everyone has what I almost refer to as kind of like a different avatar. So you have got the superwomen or the supermen who when they're stressed or they feel like they're underperforming, they will try and pick up more and more stuff because the more that they're juggling, the better they feel that they're doing in a situation. Mm -hmm. Then you've got, you might have a team member who identifies with being a bit of an expert. So they almost need to know everything they possibly can about something before they move forward with it. So many different nuances that we, we have to pick up from our teams, as well as what's happening in their personal life. How are they integrating with the rest of the team? Like what kind of training have they had before? There's so many things that we need to think about. And so actually, the sooner we can flag something up and have a conversation about it, the sooner we can fix it. So, I mean, imagine you've got like one of these super enthusiastic team members who starts with you, which is brilliant. They're so keen. They want to get involved in everything, but it probably means that their boundaries are going to start suffering because they're kind of just saying yes to everything. Yes, I want to help with that. Yes, I can take on that. Yes, I can definitely get involved in that. But actually, they haven't got enough time to do all of these things. They quickly start to get overwhelmed. Then they're, they're drained with energy. They're, they're not producing the best results. And actually, all it, it takes is sitting down and having a conversation and saying, look, it's brilliant. I can see you putting your hand up for everything. But actually, let's look at how much you can really take on. And which are the projects that you feel that you're really on top of? And where do you feel like you're losing traction because you've maybe got too many things going on? The other thing we perhaps need to think about as a business grows, and I think this is going to be really relevant to the people that are listening now in, in this stage of business, is your business will be moving fast as you move through that kind of startup phase. And that means that what you are asking people to do is going to change quite quickly within the business. And you might find that you get to a point where the business has evolved a certain way. You've perhaps got a slightly different focus on what you're talking about, but you've still got someone driving a particular aspect of the business and their skill set maybe isn't quite matching where the business is going now. So this can be quite a difficult conversation because they might be the right person in terms of, you know, um, understanding and team fit and dynamic, but possibly they're in the wrong seat now. So the question is, 
can you modify their role to suit their skills and still add as much value to the business? Or do you need to rethink their role within the business altogether? And that is definitely a much more difficult conversation. But again, that comes back to being kind because if that person's role has moved so much that they're now focusing on things that don't play to their skill set, to things that they don't enjoy, that aren't the right level of challenge, like too much challenge in the wrong direction, or, you know, they're never really going to grow into that role, then is it kind to keep them slogging away in that role? Is it better to have that conversation and think maybe this isn't the right role for you at the at the moment we don't have the right role for you? How can we support you in moving forward or in finding something that is the right fit for you? You know, and and having that honest conversation with them. And sometimes it takes a while to work out is there something for them? Like what can we use best? And perhaps that's a another conversation that we can have. But the sooner you have that conversation, the better, because it's not kind for them to keep them in a role they're not enjoying. And it's not great for your business, because if they're not succeeding in the role, then the business isn't going to be succeeding in that area. And that is something that you really have to take into consideration. What do you think, Pip? Do you have any input on that as well? Yeah, I mean, I think it all just comes back to communication, doesn't it? If you are communicating you're communicating to your team and you're ensuring that you're taking the time to really understand what's going on with your team, what's going on in their life, what are the other stresses which are going to be affecting their job, what they're enjoying doing, what they're struggling with, do they feel overwhelmed, do they feel too challenged, not challenged enough, and keeping that communication open because really the difficult conversations come, in my experience, every time that communication channel hasn't remains open and whether that's been really clear on a task with somebody or not actually listening to what they're saying and doing something about it I think it's really easy when we're so busy as business owners and as entrepreneurs we tend to really be able to work at a level unlike a lot of people and balance so many plates and keep so many things spinning that we forget actually that we have to support our team and our team can't read our minds and so we need to take that time even if it feels quite stressful to take that time away we need to take that time away to sit down with our team and really ensure that they know what's going on and we understand how they're feeling and if we do that often we can then actually avoid the difficult conversation because we'll have had the conversation before it becomes difficult however I know it's not always the case and sometimes we do need to have that difficult conversation so what would you do, Georgia, if you've got to that point where you've had the communication or you're in a situation where you've just not had it yet and actually it's got to a place where you really need to now sit down and address an issue, where would you say that we should start? Okay, so you've got to get really clear and specific about what the actual problem is. So what what is the kind of output that isn't as it should be? And then we're working back from there. So if it's that they seem to be missing the mark on what they're trying to deliver or their understanding around the project is not where it needs to be, or they're just not managing to get through the workload that you need them to get through, or you've hoped that they would get through, Um, we've got to be clear about what is the actual problem. So we're not generalizing. We're not saying, you know, oh, it would be nice if sometimes you could X, Y, and Z. We're saying, really, what I'm hoping that you would be able to achieve in a week is this, 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 and this. At the moment, we're not at that level. What is it that we can do to either get you working to that speed or what do I need to understand 
about your workload and and the possibility of getting through all of that, because it might be that you've actually just asked way too much of them. So you need to be really specific about what you're asking for and what you're having this conversation around. Also, remember that they may not have known that this was a problem until you brought it up because they definitely can't read your mind. So they might have sensed that you were perhaps a little bit off about something or a bit stressed, but if they didn't know it was a problem, they didn't know it was a problem. So you've (laughs) got to be really clear about what that problem is and understand that you might be ambushing them. So we've got to come come at it. And I think what a great word to use is curious. Come at it from a place of caring and curiosity. Okay, so this is what I'm seeing is happening. What I would love to be happening is this. So where's the gap? Like, what can we do to make it work or to to solve this problem or ease it ease it in some way for either you or I so being really clear and and specific around it and I think then following on from that as you're saying when you're having that conversation is actually really listening actively actually listening to what your team member is saying to you and processing it and thinking about it and then doing something about it. I think it's so easy often, as you say, when you're having a conversation with somebody and it's maybe from their perspective, come a little bit out of the blue, their guard will be up. It's likely that they're not necessarily going to get all the words out in the right way that they want to say. And we've really got to read between the lines and often have two or three conversations so we can get down to the real details of what's going on and how somebody's feeling and how they want to approach a situation. And we need to also take a step back and and try and read between those lines and say, well, they're saying this, but this is this is actually being demonstrated in the actions that they're taking too and really try and get down to what actually needs to happen and how somebody's feeling because I think sometimes and we've all been there where we've worked for somebody before you don't always want to completely open up and be completely vulnerable about every little single thing to your boss because you want to prove that you're doing a really good job so it's as leaders we've got to really try and be vulnerable and be really empathetic and allow our team members to be as vulnerable as they feel comfortable being with us and have that psychological safety I think is so important when we're listening and so it really comes down to you've got two ears and one mouth for a reason as my mom always said so use those ears and shut up and make sure that that team member has the opportunity to really share their side before you then go on take the next steps yeah absolutely so important that active listening to listen to what they're saying and also what they're not saying like what their body language is saying you know where they may be holding something back and how you can kind of extract that from them and really kind of get to the bottom of the problem And then thinking about the problem, we've got to focus on the problem, not on the person. So when you're having these conversations, it's not about attacking their personality or, you know, the the way they are. It's about focusing on the specific behaviors and actions that they're using to get to this certain outcome. And how can we adapt those behaviors or those actions to make it more successful you know what could they do differently to get to a better outcome so it's we're not making it personal in any way nothing about their personality it's thinking about okay what they're doing so if they are perhaps I don't know a little bit unfriendly when they are talking to people so they're not actually getting the best out of someone or opening up that relationship we're perhaps saying okay so how can we 
Um, how can you, in your conversations with people, get a little bit more from them? How can we get people to open up a little bit more? And we're not saying you're coming across as super unfriendly. We're saying, like, what can you do to ease this other person into the conversation and start kind of cut addressing it from that direction? That's probably a terrible example. But you know what I mean? It's it's focus on the problem, not on the person. This isn't an attack. And it's so true, because even when you're focusing on the problem, people will often see it as a personal thing because you know these conversations are always so emotionally charged people always think when something's gone wrong oh it's me and never thinking actually it's a skill that I need to develop or it's something technical that I just need to tweak and I think really showing empathy and holding space for your team member as you're as you're having this conversation and giving them time to process their emotions and acknowledging those emotions is really, really important because as you say, like you can talk about the problem and you, you have to talk about the problem, not the personality, but people will often still think it's a personality or a personal attack. And so it's really taking that time and giving them space. And sometimes that might mean that you need to have the conversation and then come back again later and readdress when somebody's calmed down or had the chance to process, you know, what we're like, if somebody throws bad news at us, often you need to go away, have a run or have some space and then come back and address the problem once you're in a good headspace. And it's exactly the same with team members. Yeah, absolutely. Give them that space, you know, have that conversation. And if they need to go off and make a cup of tea or just not be on the phone to you anymore, or they look like they're taking it really personally and they just need a bit of an emotional time out to kind of gather their their thoughts and their feelings, absolutely let them. And also I would think about, okay, so what can we do in the next steps? Like how can we support this person? Like show that we're completely invested in them within the business. We're not just telling them off and then thinking about firing them. We're actually thinking, how can we help you to do in this in this position or get better at X, Y, and Z? So we want to offer our support. Maybe we're suggesting resources or training or things that they could look into, conversations that they could have with people. Perhaps we're getting them some coaching. Perhaps we are, we're finding ways to help them better the situation. And you can also ask them, you know, what, what would be useful for you in this situation? Like, what can we support you with? What training could we put you through? What kind of conversations would you like to have? Like, how can we help you like master this, like get really good at this specific element that we want you to be great at it's all about being somebody's cheerleader isn't it rather than being angry or cross or frustrated it's how can we make this person and support them and and let them be the best version of themselves so they can really succeed yeah absolutely absolutely so Georgia what would this look like or have you got any examples of how this happens in companies as they're growing like what we need to look out for in terms of trying to identify where we might need to have a difficult conversation or signs that we're not having a difficult conversation and we and we should be having that conversation I'd love to get your input on this because I'm sure there are lots of listeners who are probably at that stage where they're starting to bring on team and you know they're either a bit worried about this or they know they've got to have the conversation and and they need that support and in doing it the right way absolutely and i think this is a level you will have heard these conversations as well we hear it time and time again with people that are hiring not used to being a manager not used to hiring it is a learning curve and it's not something that we all just do naturally despite what you may think you do really need to give it some thought and I often hear people talking about they've taken on a VA 
and they're sort of dipping their toe in the in the hiring water as it were so they've taken on a VA and they've not really realized how much oversight a VA mm-hmm. needs in the initial stages like they've just sort of assumed that this person is going to come in magically know all the passwords and how to get onto everything <laughs> and completely read your mind and fix your entire business in maybe three hours a day and when that doesn't happen you often and I'm sure many people have felt this you, you sort of end up muttering about it don't you oh well they haven't done this and this hasn't happened and actually every day I'm getting a message saying you know what can I do for you and it's stressing me out and mm-hmm. And I don't know what to give them. I just want them to know what to do and why aren't they doing it? And this is such a waste of my time. And do you know what? I'm just going to get rid of them because this is like more stressful than it's worth. And instead of just having a conversation with their VA to see if there's a way that they can navigate these slightly choppy early stage waters, they fire them. And then then you're left doing everything yourself, still muttering, probably even more stressed, (laughs) thinking about, okay, I need to get around to hiring someone else. So you get to the point where you're so busy, you've left it so long, okay, I've got to do it now. It's now or I literally die. And no surprise, you end up in the same problem again, because you've hired really quickly, haven't really put that thought into it. And then once again, expected that they're just going to read your mind um, and move forward. So there is definitely an initial bedding in phase you know you've got to get that first bit right and that comes down to your communication so instead we would be clearly outlining the outcomes that we expect not the tasks I want you to go and do this and then come and report back to me or ask me three million questions in the meantime this is the outcome this is what I want you to do these are all the permissions you need you can spend this much you can choose this this is down to you that's your decision this is when I need it by whatever, give them all the information so they can go away and do all of this. And if these things aren't happening, if you're not getting to those outcomes, then you need to sit down, have this kind conversation and have a look at the actions that they're taking. You know, what are they taking to get to those steps? What are they not taking? What are they not doing? Because perhaps they feel like they need more permission from you or are they allowed to do that? Or can they make that decision on your behalf? Um, And actually working out, okay, so what support do you need from me to be able to get to this outcome? Like, what do you need to be able to do better or more independently? Where do you need more information for this to happen where you don't have to come back to me lots of times with questions? And I think, remember, most of the time you're on the same side. They're there because they want to make your life easier and you've hired them because you want them to make your life easier. So give them a chance to do that and make sure that you're communicating around what they need to make your life easier. And how do they like to run their day versus how you like to run your day? Where can you work together on that, you know? So it's thinking about how do I approach these conversations? And imagine that you are having a conversation with someone in your team who is a bit of a perfectionist or is usually sees themselves as a bit of an overperformer. It can be really hard to have someone telling you that you're not doing something to the standard that somebody else wants. You're going to take that extremely, extremely personally. So if someone is not showing up in the way that you need them to do, we're almost starting with, hey, you know, usually you're so good at 
doing this x y or z whatever it is but you've been you've been a bit a little bit off your game recently like this has been happening it's really unlike you what's going on what's up what's happening how can I support you what do you maybe need some extra help with have I given you too much work like you know talk talk me through where you're at so it's really just about having those conversations and I think instead of jumping in and thinking this isn't working this person is no longer any good have that conversation at least once maybe twice before you make that decision because I can't tell you how quickly things can turn around from one 20 minute conversation you can go from thinking you definitely need to fire this person to they are the best employee you've ever had within a week easy would you agree so true I'm just giggling away here because that phrase if you're usually so good at xyz and you know and at the moment we're not doing this or are you okay I use this all the time and it is honestly the best phrase as a leader you can use because it is it's just as you say it's it's showing up it's communicating it's leading with empathy with kindness because nine times out of ten when I've had these conversations with team members it's nothing to do with the work it's something that's going on in their personal life or it's something that's not been clearly communicated or they've been battling and they didn't want to bother me or worry me about something because they were going to fix it and actually because we didn't have that communication I could have fixed it in two minutes because I knew what was going on because obviously we know our businesses inside out in a way that our employees will never know our businesses as well as we do and it's just one of those amazing phrases as you say that takes you from a place from thinking this team member is not going to work out you know we're going to have to fire them to I absolutely love them I knew I've hired them for the right reason they're amazing and you're singing their praises so so true so if you are having these issues with your team member or you've got those little niggles I would 100% recommend using this phrase of George's because it is a lifesaver I can assure you of that one um, so <laughs> it is it can have you like leaving skipping away from the conversation like you can literally start deflated you have that conversation and you feel so much better so true okay Georgia so there were so many amazing actionable points from this conversation but I'd love to get your just takeaways any key points you would suggest if somebody's in this situation at the moment they're struggling a little bit with their team and they really want to be skipping away loving their team rather than muttering at the end of the day that things haven't been done what are the biggest things you would say that they need to focus on to go from a struggling to fantastic team Okay, so in the early days of taking on a team member, and this can start to spread out a bit more the longer they're in the role, but you're setting up really regular feedback loops so that things aren't going too far in the wrong direction. So if you're setting new tasks, new outcomes for people, you're almost letting them go for like half an hour and then say, okay, and then come back to me, show me where you've got to so that I know you're on the right track. Imagine you're at a crossroads, they take a right and you wanted them to go left and they go like 60 miles in the wrong direction. That's a long way, a lot of time doing the wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So just make sure like just after they pass that crossroad that they took the right turning and then you can let them go for it. So getting regular feedback loops in is going to make you much more comfortable with what they're doing. And then if you're having to have these difficult conversations, prep yourself for the conversation. Think about the key points that you want to mention. What are the things that they're normally so good at that they're not doing as well at the moment? Or where are they perhaps not hitting the mark in terms of the outcome, the level of work, the attention to detail, 
What is it specifically? Have some notes on those so that you know exactly what you're talking about, because that's going to make it much easier to stick to the problem than the person. Remember, we don't want this to feel like an attack. We're looking at the problem. And you want to approach that conversation from a place of curiosity. Like it isn't a place of blame. We're going in there a bit like a detective. What's going on here? You know, what what has got us like what is not working that's got us to this situation? What is the tiny little missing piece of information that is basically meaning that the whole machine isn't working? Or, you know, what? where can we fix? What's the tiny tweak that we can do, that we can find that needs tweaking to make this better? So go in with curiosity and think not just about the role itself, but I want you to be curious about what is happening in your employee's life as a whole. You know, what are the responsibilities that they trying to juggle? What's happening at home? What's happening in the space where they work? A lot of us are working from home nowadays. You know, it could be something like that is really affecting their work. And perhaps you just need to show a little bit of compassion for two weeks or take back on some of the work yourself just while whatever's going on in their life is resolved. So come in there with curiosity from, from all parts. You want to be kind and supportive and understanding. And then the next thing is to check how clear they are on the outcomes that you're asking from them. Do they understand what their job role is all about and what they're trying to achieve? One of the things I love to do with clients is almost get them to think about for every person in their business, what is the question, the one question that that person is asking themselves all the time about their role? So if perhaps they're in like a systems and operations role, the question they might always ask themselves is, how do I make this simpler and more streamlined for the business? Or if they're in more of a big picture role, how do I continue to add revenue to the business with the work that I'm doing? So there's always a question that they're coming back to. So, and that is the question that relates to their outcome. So how can you make that clearer? How can you make a better question for them so that they can really understand what they're doing and perform better and then also asking them to feed back on what their outcome is what they're trying to achieve so that you can double check they're really clear on the outcome and then making sure to hand some of that responsibility for that to them so if they're regularly not understanding 100% what they need to do how can they check for themselves that they've 100% understood what they need to do? How can they put a self-check in going forward to make sure that happens? If they're constantly missing to do one little detail, how can they put a check in for themselves that keeps themselves on track with something? So they're coming up with the idea of how to keep themselves on track rather than you feeling like you're having to nag every now and again. Those will be my top tips. Have you got any others to add, Pip? No, I think it really comes down to good communication. You need to communicate, being curious, get that detective hat on, find out what that problem is so you can understand and then leading with kindness. And I think if you get those three things down, everything will fall into place. Thank you for listening to Simplified Scaling. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a five-star review. And if you know someone that would love this episode too, why not share it on your stories? And don't forget to tag us. We love it when you get in touch. Head to the show notes and drop us a DM or send us an email. We can't wait to hear about your business.